A month ago, I became a grandfather and I am very happy. My oldest son, Jacopo, Jack, and uh, his partner, Sarah, uh, had a baby, Emily. Welcoming Emily in their family was really wonderful. And uh, it is uh, the start of the completion of what I would call my genetic duty. Now, uh, the role of a grandfather is pretty interesting, in my opinion, in human society. And I want to talk about that, even though, of course, after just a month, I have barely begun experiencing what it means to be one. And then I want to uh, talk about how this uh, role uh, has uh, analogies uh, in uh, our broader uh, organizational challenges. And then, of course, talking about analogies, uh, I will not miss the opportunity to talk about blockchain as well. So, uh, I have uh, three children. Uh, the oldest, who's just become a father, a middle one, who is currently in Montreal, and uh, the youngest, who is a daughter, and she is in Seoul. Um, quite widely dispersed. I actually made a calculation, and if they went farther, they would start to get closer. So I don't know whether that is a kind of judgment on my qualities as a father or that of my wife as a mother. Anyway, the oldest, who is the closest, uh, had a child. And uh, for me, this has been really incredible. Uh, the uh, ability for a parent uh, to uh, see uh, their children grow is uh, incredible, but also, of course, it is extremely uh, challenging. Uh, there is a lot of responsibility. The first child, especially, uh, you know so little of uh, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. It's an experiment. and. Um, crossing fingers, it goes well, like it definitely did uh, in my case. The second child, the third child, well, they are easier from the point of view of being more experienced as a parent, but of course the complications that come with them uh, are um, not uh, to be discounted at all. There are some studies that pretend to show that uh, people who become a parent end up being less happy than uh, people who are without a child. And uh, I didn't look into the details of those studies, but at least in my personal case, uh, not having been a parent, I guarantee would have made me less happy than 
I know I am today. Now, as your children grow up, you really enjoy seeing them blossoming and exploring the world and understanding their path. And you remember how wonderful it was when they were very, very little. Uh, I don't know if it is true, but I believe it is as if there were some kind of epigenetic trigger that the smell of small babies, especially your own, um, unlock in humans. And after that unlocking, it is almost as if you were reprogrammed. You look at the world differently. And uh, uh, this is very strong in, in, in females, but it is also absolutely strong in, in males as well. So that is the first thing. Uh, when you have a grandchild, you have the opportunity of smelling a baby again. Uh, your own in terms of genetic heritage. And if my hypothesis about uh, the epigenetic trigger is true, then of course the fact that the grandchild still has one quarter of your own DNA uh, is part of the power of uh, that uh, experience of, of smelling the baby. Now, interacting with uh, newborn babies uh, is uh, almost instinctive for humans. Uh, the noises we make, uh, the uh, uh, smiling, and uh, the amazingly uh, precocious smiling back uh, of a human baby as they see uh, a human face uh, in front of them are the starting blocks of an ever-growing set of tools that we have in order to share our understanding of the world with them, playing together, but also telling uh, fairy tales. I especially enjoyed when my children were young, uh, telling them tales that I would come up with uh, rabbit and the hedgehog, in particular, were the protagonists, and I am definitely looking forward to be able to do the same with Emily uh, as much as I can, because, of course, I am not going to be with her uh, every evening, but uh, when I will, I uh, am going to come up with a new series of the adventures of Rabbit and Hedgehog. The role of uh, grandparents in uh, human societies is something that uh, you seldom or, or maybe never find in the uh, rest of the animals, uh, because many uh, of the animals um, generate uh, the, the next uh, generation uh, without even becoming a, a parent as we uh, understand it without um, being together uh, with the, their offspring. Other 
animals have to uh, care for their uh, offspring and they have to protect them and uh, see them grow. Others actually have to teach them, for example, to hunt. But the next generation uh, is definitely more detached. Are elephants exhibiting uh, in the herd uh, that uh, goes together uh, to find the watering hole, um, relationships that we can actually trace back, not only to that of a parent with a child, but that of a grandparent with the child as well? I don't know, and uh, maybe you will tell me. I know that, uh, for example, in Arctic wolves, uncles and aunts have this kind of role uh, where they help uh, within the uh, pack the uh, growing and the defending um, of uh, the newborn uh, of their respective uh, sisters. So the uh, role of grandparents is something that uh, certainly plays an important um, foundation in human society. Uh, it frees up, uh, for example, the parents, um, either for a precious few hours or for a more extended amount of time uh, to procure food, to uh, just uh, be a little bit farther away from uh, the wonderful but uh, screaming and uh, uh, always pretending bundle of joy that their child represents the network of uh, connections uh, represented by um, the older generation, which apparently now I belong to, is uh, something that we must leverage even further than we are today. Those societies that uh, relegate uh, their elderly at the periphery of uh, the action, as it were, um, miss a lot of opportunities of taking advantage of plenty of energy that they have to uh, invest uh, in uh, the well-being of these uh, um, networks of relationships. Uh, but also, they definitely miss out in being able to have a dialogue about their experiences, about their outlook, about how they see uh, the present and the future that the, the society is building. The uh, societies, on the other hand, that keep their elders closer, uh, in my experience, are stronger. Uh, they are more resilient. They are able to withstand um, pretty large changes and challenges. So, it will be interesting to see uh, how both with my currently newborn grandchild as well as with others that I am very much hoping are going to join her, both 
from the same couple, my oldest uh, son, but also from the relationships uh, that my other children are building, well, the experience is going to be rich, interesting, and I'm looking forward to tell you more about it. Well, and what does this have to do with blockchain? The uninterrupted chain of life uh, that we are part of, that lasted uh, for billions of years, literally never uh, having uh, been extinguished. Uh, and that uh, is uh, always renewing itself uh, through the uh, recombination of uh, our genetic material, always finding solutions to the challenges that a changing environment uh, puts on uh, both individuals and the species themselves as they evolve, is, I think, a wonderful um, comparison, a good analogy with what uh, blockchain is. Uh, it is unbroken and um, unbreakable in the sense that uh, we are so strongly interested in making sure that it keeps going. Just as you can lose uh, a private key to a wallet and then a particular uh, repository of uh, Bitcoin or, or other cryptocurrencies get lost, similarly, uh, certain branches of uh, this uh, genetic uh, chain uh, can become fallow. Uh, individuals and uh, species uh, can um, stop without uh, any offspring and species can become extinct. Also, uh, the genetic chain is pseudonymous similarly to how blockchain is. We can um, have all kinds of relationships that are assumed to represent uh, what we understand reality to be, uh, but so many novels and uh, so many movies uh, start from the fact that uh, uh, when you look at uh, the genetic basis um, it turns out uh, there is a distance between uh, reality and what you understood. Genetic analysis and chain analysis can uncover very interesting surprises. And we are still uh, trying to um, go deeper in both areas and will be generating a lot of value uh, in both. The instincts that we have around uh, managing uh, our genetic material uh, and uh, our desire to improve upon it through technology are similar to the instincts that we have to develop uh, in efficiently managing our uh, blockchain-based assets and how we want to improve on those technologies uh, as we apply them to various areas uh, where they can become valuable and important. I am 
looking forward to explore more uh, what uh, this analogy can um, be applied to, uh, what features uh, of one uh, can be similar to the features of the other. Recently I uh, read an article uh, that uh, pretended to design an analogy between quantum mechanics and uh, uh, blockchain or Bitcoin, and I found that to be particularly uh, unlucky and, 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 and actually useless. Um, so I am always uh, trying to, to find uh, what are good ways to exemplify features um, of uh, blockchain and Bitcoin because they are worth understanding. So when I find a good analogy, I'm always happy. Genetics and our unbroken chain of billion years of uh, genetic uh, uh, heritage uh, is, I think, one of these useful analogies. Thank you very much for listening to or watching this episode of The Context. Uh, I'm uh, creating these videos every week and uh, if you want uh, to support me, you're welcome uh, to become a fan, a sponsor, uh, a benefactor on Patreon at patreon.com slash David Orban.